Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Fixation, or a fixation on fixation. The introduction of formalin, a formaldehyde solution, used as a disinfectant and fixative, has been an essential step in histologic and anatomical science. Formalin is a saturated, 35 to 40 percent aqueous solution of formaldehyde, the simplest aldehyde actually found throughout the known visible universe, but that's a story for another day. It is colorless, with a pungent order all pathologists are aware of, and is readily miscible with ethanol. Ethanol, used as a tissue preparation to remove the formalin, and varying increasing percentages of alcohol is used to remove water from the tissues. Remember, as they say, even the Archbishop of Canterbury is 70% water. And then, xylene, or in the past toluene, is miscible with liquid paraffin for further cutting of the solidified paraffin. Formalin was initially used by industrial engineers in the manufacturing industry for furniture, clothing, cosmetics, and paper, and then for surgical and hospital disinfection, probably first in Germany. Fixation of tissue specimens came a bit later. It has a number of names, including formic acid in England, formal and formalin in Germany, and the U.S. The history of this chemical goes back to medieval alchemy, steeped in magic, astrology, and secrecy, which slowly gave birth to chemistry. Ancient lore eventually evolved into science, and Carl Wilhelm Scheele discovered a number of elements and compounds, and in 1777 discovered the substance acetaldehyde. This discovery of acetaldehyde in the 18th century led to the development of formalin as the most common ingredient in embalming fluids in the 20th century. It was isolated, synthesized, and studied. Alexander Boutlerow first synthesized formaldehyde in gaseous form and as a polymer in solution in 1859. Nine years later, a simplified method of production was made and its molecular weight determined. A number of individuals who will not be named here in the interest of time developed preparation methods and developed practical uses of formaldehyde solutions in preservation and fixation of tissue. Between 1880 and 1890, its antiseptic properties were recognized leading to clinical applications, such as to treat or prevent wound infections. In 1892, the French scholar Dr. Trillat observed its hardening of soft tissues and triggering of coagulation. The following year, Dr. Bloom, who worked extensively in antiseptic procedures, reported that the skin of the fingertips became visibly thickened and after long exposure became impregnated. Thus, by the mid-1890s, the preservation properties were quickly recognized and scientists were already experimenting with various solutions in histologic and anatomic preparations. 
The preservative qualities of formalin and alcohol were compared, and Dr. Bloom showed that formaldehyde was more effective at maintaining the color and shape of tissues without affecting the microscopic structure. Studies showed its superior fixation effect on the internal structure of animal tissues and proteins. If formalin was used for organs or tissues with a marked blood supply, such as the placenta, the darkened and brown color could be returned to its natural color with alcohol treatment. Victor Wurr began using formalin in 1893 to preserve disease organs and tissues removed during surgical operations, especially tumors. Various solutions of formaldehyde have been studied throughout the 20th century. Health Concerns One of the first reports of its toxicity was in 1905 by American physician Dr. Martin Fisher. However, the use of masks and special ventilation systems were developed. Remember, formalin is heavier than air, so the air ducts must be somewhat lower than one would think at the grossing bench. There is a penetration fixation paradox with formaldehyde. It has a molecular weight of only 30, and diffusion theory would suggest that such a molecular structure would penetrate tissues more or less independently of its concentration. Suffice it to say that it has a relative constant rate of penetration. It penetrates rapidly, but fixes slowly. Formaldehyde, when dissolved in water, rapidly becomes hydrated to form a glycol called methylene glycol. When tissues are immersed in formaldehyde solutions, they are penetrated rapidly by methylene glycol and a fraction of formaldehyde present. Actual covalent chemical reactions of the fixative solution with tissue depends on the formaldehyde present. Being consumed after forming bonds with the tissue components and more formaldehyde forming from disassociation of methylene glycol. Thus, the equilibrium between formaldehyde as carbonyl formaldehyde and methylene glycol explains most of the mystery of why formaldehyde penetrates rapidly as methylene glycol and fixes slowly as carbonyl formaldehyde, as suggested in the great paper of Musial et al., the cross-linking with proteins, glycoproteins, nucleic acids, and polysaccharides are important. The most reactive sites are primary amines and thiols, and the subsequent cross-linking of these functional groups to less reactive groups is a favored process. It has been said that formalin infiltrates tissue about a millimeter per hour. It is also said that glutaraldehyde, as used for electron microscopy, has stronger cross-linking bonds than formalin. The pH of the buffered formalin is quite important, as well as fixing the specimen in 10 times, if possible, the amount of formalin as the volume of the tissue to be preserved. Less than ideal fixation will occur if the formalin is not buffered. Shrinkage. It is said that formalin shrinks tissues. Some studies have shown only minor cellular tissue shrinkage, and others indicate that the shrinkage can be as much as 20 to 30% or more. That may be important for the measurement distances by light microscopy of sections, as in tumors. 
Also, for example, in renal pathology, as Dr. Vivette Degati and collaborators have shown from Columbia PNS, that deparaffinization as a rescue technique for immunofluorescence without a glomerulus can alter significantly the thickness of the GBM when measured. Thus, one shouldn't. Deparaffinization has been recently called to everyone's attention in certain diseases by doctors Chris Larson, Sammy Nasser, and others, and an additional podcast will cover that subject. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.